All right, ladies, we want to talk about your Christmas traditions in your home. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. Um, But I'm really just going to have you guys each introduce yourself and then each talk about, um, did y'all sit in order of these slides by any chance? Oh, bummer. Oh, man. Okay. She's making me think. I'm the worst MC in the world. Okay. We're going to talk about family devotionals during Christmas season. And um, we're going to... Is Sunday kicking us off with the Jesse tree? Great. Go for it. Martha, will you introduce yourself? Tell Uh us what age your kids are. Some of the blessing of this is that you've got a lot of people with a lot of different age ranges. And so tell us what you do in your house, family devotional-wise. This whole thing is family devotion time. Yes. So my name is Martha. I've got two kiddos. I've got a son who's six and um, a daughter who's four and a half. That's very important to note. Um, And... Um, my, well, I, I guess my thing that I wanted to share, um, I'm a big proponent of doing less. Um, so all of you have permission to not write anything on your pen, um, which is kind of ironic because I am actually, um, pretty like crafty and I like that kind of stuff and I love decorating for Christmas. Um, but a couple years ago when we, um, started having kids, it just got real crazy and it was like super busy. Um, and all the fun stuff became stressful. And so I said like, sayonara, like, I don't want to do any of it anymore. So, um, in fact, this year we actually, um, I can't believe I'm saying this in public. We bought a fake Christmas tree. I know. I'm so bad. Um, I would have judged you like six months ago if you had a fake Christmas tree in your house because I feel like Christmas is about real Christmas trees and everything. And I got so tired of sweeping up all those pine needles that are all over your house for like, and then you find them through like next July. It's ridiculous. Um, So I told my husband, um, I said, can we go buy a fake Christmas tree? And he was like, what? Like he was so happy with me. So that was one thing I took off my list this year. But all that to say, we do that. Um, I do that. I shave things off. I say no to a lot of things just to make time for family devotional. This year, um, we're doing the Advent guide that Watermark put out, the family Advent guide. Um, If you haven't gotten one, we have copies of it, maybe. You can... You can get them on Sunday mornings in the children's um, front booth. Or if you don't go to Watermark and you want to know how to get one, then come find us and we'll... Hook you up. We can find find one of us, and we'll we'll get you one. You can also go to the Watermark website, um, and they, you can download a free guide. It's super simple. It's like one page. It's like a little paragraph, um, and you can really do it with your younger kiddos and simplify it. Um, you can get a little more intentional and really have some good conversation if you've got some older kiddos. Um, my four year old is not as into it as my six year old, but he really um, takes to it, which is fun. It's got a little bit of a paragraph of um, the devotional, some scripture you can read a little activity that's super simple. Um, like the other day it was like, I spy, everybody can play I spy. And then a couple of questions. And then you have the option to like color a little ornament in the back. Um, so that's really fun, really easy. But, um, we do that kind of in the evenings right now. Um, and, um, we don't do it every day. Um, sometimes basketball practice happens and we don't sit down and have like an official family devotion time. Uh, when school gets out though, another reason we don't commit to a lot of things is those mornings this year, we don't have a ton of time since they get out of school super late, but, um, we just wake up and stay in our PJs and spoil them with something like hot chocolate or apple cider. And then we just sit around and do our family devotion time in the morning together. Um, so it's just sweet for them to see and have that habit with us. Um, I think people have shared before about doing that in the summertime with their kiddos. And so we like to do this over the Christmas break. Um, so that's me. Thank you. Sunday, make sure and introduce yourself and your family. Oh yes. Thank you. Okay. Hi. I'm Sunday McDonald. I have two boys. They are 13 and 10. What just happened? <laughs> it's 10. It's 10. All right. And the other one's about to be 14 this month. So it's like, uh. um, yeah. And I'm going to talk about Jesse tree, which I have been doing since, I mean, for like 12 13 years? Wow. Okay. So I'm going to talk a little longer than her. So let's just start with that. And ironically, I'm the person, I think we just sort of roll swapped on what our jams are because I like to pull way back on things and not do too many. And yet I do this thing every year that's kind of, well, we'll talk about it. Um, Who has heard of the Jesse tree? 
And who is done or doing the Jesse tree currently? Okay, so we got a few of those. Okay, so where it comes from is a verse in Isaiah is kind of where it starts. Um, and I'll read it real quick. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. And they're talking about Jesus. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So it kind of, it starts from there, and that's why it's a tree. Um, It's a way, the Jesse tree is a way of telling God's plan from the beginning of time through um, the redemption of his people by sending a savior. Um, It follows the lineage of Christ's family, which is why it's like a family tree. So we actually use a tree to symbolize it and key people in the Bible. So the lineage of Christ and some key people in the Bible to tell the story, Um, again, from creation through Christ's birth. Um, It's kind of a countdown to Christmas, similar to the devotional that Martha's doing with the telling of a story. Um, And then there's an ornament, typically, that symbolizes um, the character or what we were talking about that day. And it's just a visual, visual reminder. Um, there are different ones out there. It can be 25 days to 30 days long. So it's really long, which is, um, again, kind of surprising about, about me that I, that I do it. But there's a lot of buts in that. Um, do we do it every day? Nope. Do we finish every year? Nope. <laughs> But a lot of times, I think some of the sweet parts are the parts that are earlier on, where, you, where it's not as crazy, where it's not as busy. I mean, they hear the story of Jesus' birth a lot, but they don't always hear about the people that lead up to it. And the way God's plan was whispered throughout Scripture in the Old Testament, and I think that's something that's so sweet that they can hold on to onto for a lifetime, and me too. When, I, when we feel like there's disconnect between the Old Testament and New Testament, we can remember these stories of these people. So... When I heard about it, I just Googled it, and I found, I read some of the free devotionals out there until I found one that I thought fit. Um, and, and in my like fashion, I just grabbed item, random items throughout the house that I used as symbols, or I hot glued some construction paper and made um, not something very pretty, but something that worked. Um, then the following year or years, we, I don't know if you've heard of, like, there's an ornament exchange. Um, there's, I uh, provided the book that, that we use. I think it's really great for young kids. Um, and it's called, the website that I landed on and stayed with for most years is called the Jesse Tree Project. And um, the woman has made that her ministry uh, that leads it. And anyway, she used to host ornament exchanges, and I participated in one of those. So you make one ornament that's the same of 25, and then you exchange them for the rest of the, the pieces. Anyway, so these are a lot prettier. Ironically, uh, we use both of them still, both sets of ornaments. And ironically, the boys, if they get to each time we do it, they take turns picking which ornament they want to put on and they always pick the junkie. <laughs> they always do, and I love that. So just that's just something to share with you. Like It doesn't always have to be perfect and pretty. They end up liking that one. Um, and since I shared that we have two sets of ornaments, at some point when my second son came along, I ended up getting two trees, and they flanked the fireplace, and so each boy has their own tree, and I think they really like having their own tree. We, there's some pictures up. Let's see if we can cover kind of what they are. The one that's a set of ornaments, those are the prettier ones that were done on, on paper. I had some other pictures that didn't quite uh, make it <laughs> of, like, my plastic, um, you know, like stuff at the Hobby Lobby, plastic you know. Apple. Yeah, yeah, there's a plastic apple that had, like, a, a sticky snake st- taped on it. I mean, it's, every time I pull it out, I'm like, I need to hot glue this thing. <laughs> it was, like, yesterday or something that we did it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, uh, but the, also that, that one of Reese's head, there, if you can see in the background, there's a basket. The very first year, um, I've got kids that have significant um, inability to sit still and to listen. Y'all can't for, resonate with that, can you? <laughs> for any periods of time. So every year, there's sort of like a, what's, what is going to be the thing to get them interested? Or And the very first year, I started with wrapping the ornaments, even the crappy ornaments. I wrapped them. I will not do that again. 
But for the first year, it got him excited. So every day he had something to open, and that was really exciting for him. Going forward, again, we didn't do that in there. Once we had two ornaments and it was fun, like, ooh, which one am I getting this time? Um, as my boys have gotten older, um, so I'm, it's, I'm still doing it, and yesterday we did like three in a row because I was already behind, <laughs> and it was fine. Like, it was great, and my, my oldest as 13, I'm sure you're just like, I'm like, oh, how is this going to go? I, we did it after school. We normally, like Martha, do it in the evening. Um, it just, mornings are too crazy with school. It's just never had enough time. So we like to do it in the evenings. Now we don't do wrap gifts, but I do provide like a little lollipop or mint. I get those giant thing of mints. And we're like, can I get my mints? So they're excited to do the Jesse tree because they get a mint. I mean, whatever it takes, as they get older. Right? Her devotional has um, a sweetly written um, devotional. Also, it has a prayer. I love that part, and they're always really short. There's songs if you want to. If you're a person that loves to look up old hymns that might be related, and there's um, a verse always, and which I now have them look up in their own Bible and read, and that's sweet. And there's also an optional activity. We probably never, maybe once or twice, we've done the activities. They're great, but it's just not something I can sustain their attention for. And you have that out front on our materials table, right? Yeah, that so we have is the, the one I'm using right now. Is yeah, right so we there. have two tables in the back, and they have different things on each table, and you're welcome to snap pictures of things or flip through books and get some ideas there. So Nowadays, because the verbiage of it is a little bit, for I think a little younger kids, I still use it as my guide, but t- what was so sweet about even just yesterday is I'm like, all right, before I would save the ornament to the end because I'm, you know, they're excited about that, so I'm trying to hold their attention. But now I'm like, all right, here's, here's, here's the ornament today. Who remembers what the story is about? And so now they're telling the story, and I was so, yeah, I was so amazed this time, all the details that Reese remembered. And then I could supplement with a few things here and there. I still refer to the journal like, oh, yeah, remember? Or I'd ask, like, who closed the door of the ark? Does anybody remember? How did they close the door? And I just love little things along the way that they may may or may not have remembered. So it was real sweet to have them tell the story. Um, And one of the pictures is uh, a, a horn, and they're pretending to blow it acting out the story. That's what Zach did yesterday. Reese was, you know, super anxious to tell, but Zach would get up there and told the story real grandiose and it was really funny. So getting them moving is really great too. I will do whatever it takes, you know, just to capture even just a few minutes. And if even if it's just the prayer or just the ornament or just the verse, yeah. it's so great. All of it points back. Yeah, all Thank of it you, points Sunday. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think. Oh, one other thing that didn't make the pictures is we even, um, if we had a friend over in the afternoon, sometimes we would do it with them. And because we had an extra ornament, like they would put it on the tree and they loved it. So I have pictures of doing that with neighbors. I have a neighbor that I was close to and we would, we would swap houses and take turns doing it. We didn't make it the whole 25 days that way, but there was just something sweet about doing it together also. Sharing it. Yeah. That's good. Okay. And this year I'm getting my own tree. Oh, and the third tree in the McDonald house. They even have like printable, just like ornaments on paper that yeah. you can just have them color on and then put it on the tree. That's what my neighbor used to do. Okay. That. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. And Lee was going to tell us about what they do with an Advent wreath. Hey guys, my name is Lee Singer and I've been married to Jeff for 26 years. And um, we have a son, Drew, who's 20 and a daughter, Beth, who's 18. And this tradition for us, the Advent wreath, um, has sustained us uh, in all of those years. So uh, it's a great one to grow with, which is fun. Uh, It just looks different depending on the age of um, your kids. Advent is a tradition that um, my husband's family was Episcopalian. Uh, We left the church 12 years ago, but um, the Advent season is one that uh, several different Christian denominations celebrate, and so we inherited that tradition from them. And it is uh, Advent, as you may know, is the season of coming and anticipating uh, Christ's birth. And so an Advent wreath is really just symbolic of that. Um, I like the way they describe it in this book here. It's a a circle uh, with four candles, and uh, typically it is decorated with... 
garland. And what that means is, is the circle of boughs is a reminder of God's unending love for us and the gift of everlasting life that he gave us through his own son, Jesus Christ. And so it's been a sweet opportunity uh, just through the years. It looked very different in preschool where um, I would either pick up a little devotional book from Logos Bookstore uh, in town. Uh, This year, we have um, the Watermark Advent Guide that we're using. Uh, Some years, I would get them themed because there are even you can go online and find different options for free that have different themes, and you can um, just... uh, They'll have different types of um, activities, different scriptures. Uh, They're all structured pretty similarly where there's a a scripture, there's usually a small devotional, and then there's a prayer. And what was super fun, um, my kids were super interested in it because it involved fire. And so they loved the opportunity as they would age. Um, They would each get an opportunity um, if things had gone well for the day to get to be the one to lead. Um, you know, depending on their age and their reading, um, they would get a chance to read or they would get a chance to say the prayer or they would get a chance to light the candle. And so there was a lot of great um, learning and leadership opportunities in being able to do it. And we were very flexible as well in terms of not necessarily having to do it every day, um, depending on what the schedule was when they got older and middle school and high school schedules took over. Sometimes we would do it in the mornings versus the evenings. And so um, it's just a sweet, flexible um, Um, daily devotional activity that you can do, um, which is fun. And I'm not a huge decorator, and so I liked it because it was festive decoration that I could have on my table every day, and so um, just fits in nicely to daily life. That's great. We started an Advent wreath for the first time this year. I was afraid of the fire, so (laughs) I felt like we're now to the point where we can maybe handle it, and then one meal, maybe not. We were like, and we can't keep it lit during the dinner. That's okay. Three boys, you know? All right, Casey, what are you going to share with us oh, today? Um, okay, so mine is pretty simple, and it's just the whole idea of buying a play nativity set that they can play with. So this one right here has stood the test of time. It's about 10 years old. Oh, wow. my name's Casey Uphuse. I should start. And I have two boys, 10 and 7, and um, they also have the incapability in of sitting still. Um, but... They love this set, and it was so sweet because I knew this was my idea that I was going to share, and funny enough, when we were getting all the decorations out of the attic, um, my youngest, who's now seven, was like, oh, I love that. Give it to me because it's in this box. I got it at Costco like 10 years ago, and um, he pulled it down, and he's like, can I set it up? So this is how he set it up, Um, like like a boss. I was like, that's so good, baby. So... um, (laughs) But the whole idea is there's so many things that they cannot touch, right? There's so many of your precious Christmas decorations that they are not. T- I mean, it is a self-control learning opportunity the month of December. So this is an opportunity for something that they can touch and they can play with. So it's a redirecting of don't touch that precious one that I got from Meemaw. I need you to touch this one over here, right? So um, they love playing with it. I didn't care. There were no parameters. Inevitably, baby Jesus gets lost every time. Why they would lose baby Jesus, I do not know. It's like it's like, you know, fate would lose these in our heart. So um, anyway, but yeah, so they would always lose baby Jesus. But it's just the whole idea of finding them some stuff that they can play with that's super easy to point it out. But what we started doing a couple of years ago is every morning at breakfast, I would, and I, we heard, I heard it here at Watermark. So this is a stolen, a borrowed idea. But um, I would pull one of the characters and put it on the breakfast table. And I would say, who is this? And they would say, a shepherd. And I'm like, yes. Do you remember what happened with the shepherd? And it would see if they could tell the story. And then I would say, what do you think it felt like when they saw that star? And it just helps get them in the perspective of these were real life people that have feelings and emotions. So with each character, every day we would pull one down and I would say, you know, Mary, could you imagine riding a donkey nine months pregnant? No, we cannot. We cannot, you know, and just like, just giving them some empathy to understand what these, what these people were going through when they were going through this experience. And so it puts it back into a really personal, it makes the story really personal. So it's just having a play set that they can play with and then pulling the idea where you put it out and it doesn't have to be the breakfast table. That's just when they're sitting and stillish. So I would ask them, be able to ask them questions of just each character. And it kind of just gives it a sweet time for them to just, um, see the story in a different way. 
Thank you. Yeah, that's so good. We've had we've done the Fisher Price one. We've had a felt one, and there's a really cute one that Lindsay brought that's out there on the um, one of the materials table that would be really fun too. So consider that. And I love that realistic view of that. This is not just a story we read in a book, like all the books that you read, but this is real life and real people. Um, Okay, I hope that what these women have shared with you has been a little bit of um, a relief that kids don't sit still, they don't always listen, you don't always finish, like there's a lot, there's a lot of grace for some of our Christmas traditions, but we appreciate you guys inviting us into your homes and sharing what you guys do in your home. And um, we're going to let them go and we're going to bring up another set of women to share their traditions, but before we do, we have a little video that we want you guys to see. came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, like, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then... The angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. They tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper... Um, for a place to stay, the keeper said, We have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. So Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, The only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. Glorious. And then the shepherds said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, Yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. Then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, to have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, ring, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's going to be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby i ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is going to change the world. So good. So good. My Wait, is this working? Yes. Okay, so my community group sent that to me last year, and I was like weeping, weeping. So funny. You too can find that on YouTube. If you just search kids, you telling, kids telling the Christmas story or something, it's hilarious. Um, okay, hey, we have another giveaway because we are givers. Did anybody else go find a cup because you're that person? Anyone? Anyone else go get a cup with the... With the with a cup with, a, with an X on it? Okay, so we figured y'all were being to be honest. Okay, great job. But we have another game. We are going to play, how many diapers have you already changed this morning? So, oh, go, Jessica. None, none, I know, none. Woo, none. Yes. 
Okay, but no, we are, we are feeling for you. Okay, this is the time. This is a, the, okay, so if you have changed, what are we going, what number do we want to start with? Three. If you, more, three or more. Okay, four or more. Five or more. Ooh, I'm so sorry. Six or more. Five. Do we have our two fives? Do we have, oh, we had three fives. Oh, don't make me do rock, paper, scissors. She says those. Okay, come up here. We got you some earrings because it's going to just take you back to hand. There you go. Thank you. We, well done. Keep up the good work. Well done. Oh, look, she's got another one. Oh, we do have to do rock, paper, scissors. We only had two. You had it. I'm so sorry. You were holding your hand. You were holding a baby. You couldn't raise your hand. I saw Ray. I didn't see you because she's so cute. I'm so sorry. Five over five. Golly. How, how did she do that? Those little bodies. Why? Okay. So let's segue to the Lord and Savior of birth, Jesus. Okay. So we have a next group of really fun ideas. And these oftentimes are maybe something that you could just do once a month. The things that we were kind of talking about earlier were things that you could probably do over multiple times during the month. But these are really just one and done, ladies, one and done. So be blessed. Um, So the first is Amy. You can start us off. Test. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, I'm Amy Hullum, and I have a 10-year-old boy, 8-year-old girl, and 4-year-old boy. Um, And... I grew up liking making Christmas cookies, like with my, um, like my mom would make Christmas cookies and we would decorate them, um, like, you know, Christmas trees and things like that. And so um, that was something I always wanted to do with my kids. And then, um, so we did. And then a couple of years, several years ago, I believe it was Judy Wimberly shared an idea where um, with her kids, they did specific shapes that helped tell the story of Jesus. And so um, at our house now, we do a star a cross, and a crown. And so the star is obviously leading the shepherds um, to find Jesus when he was born. And then the cross is Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. And then the crown is um, for when he returns as king one day. And so that's the, those are the shapes that we do as Christmas cookies. And we talk about them as we are decorating or as we're cutting them out. Um, and my kids just love it. And so we can actually give them to people um, and they can tell the story again um, to people as we share those with other people. And then another thing is if you don't want to mess with the cookies is we've done that with Play-Doh before too. Like just pull out the Play-Doh and that you can do several times. Um, and just, just constantly talking about that story and what those shapes mean. And they really grasp, um, the story of Jesus through doing that. All right. Well done. All right. So our next one is Lindsay. Yes. And it is light them up, 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 up. No, light them up. It's for you. Um, Okay, I'm Lindsay, and I have three kids, a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And uh, when Tanner, my oldest, was three, you'll see that retro nest shirt, um, bottom left corner. Um, I wanted to find some way to get our eyes off of ourselves because I struggle with that, and so I wanted to start doing something to to say thank you to someone that we see regularly, someone who might not be thanked very often, um, and then someone that we've already kind of started working on a relationship with. And so I was looking through um, a hash, well, it wasn't a hashtag then, uh, I think it was blogs then, and there was a Light 'em Up blog, so it's L-I-G-H-T-E-M up, light them up. And there are all these great ideas of how to um, thank those people who you're always around, whether it's the garbage man or the mailman. And so I don't remember if this was an actual idea. Who knows where these ideas came from? I did not come up with it. Um, But we decided to light up Kroger. And that is our normal grocery store that we go to. And so during the year, we say hi to the workers. uh, We engage with them. And then on Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve, Uh, We go in and we bring our own little shopping carts sometimes. We've decorated them before with lights. 
we get as sparkly and cute as we can, um, and we go up and um, we make goodie bags. I don't think you can read it, but um, we just write a scripture about a Christmas time scripture about Jesus or who He is. It, it changes every year, but we want to make sure that we acknowledge that we're doing this because our Savior is born, and we hope that they know Him as well. So, my little note will just say, um, you know, we just wanted to recognize what you do for us all year and stop to say thank you to you. Um, and so anyway, different kids, you know, someone's going to throw a fit. Someone's not going to want to do it. And that's fine. Um, and some years my kids have wanted to, you know, hug the person back. Um, usually y'all gratitude just brings out the warm fuzzies in people. And most of the workers that we would think would start crying. Um, just to have someone not using them on a day that they are demanding so many things um, of them. So um, anyway, it's been a really easy thing. We just make, you know, 40 to 50 cellophane bags. Um, We've done everything from slice and bake cookies in them to, um, you know, just some trail mix that I just pop in each bag. So, you know, however many you want to do, we've done 15 before and just done, you know, the cashiers or just whatever. Um, But just getting our eyes off of ourselves is really great at this time of the year. Um, And then uh, I put the candy cane picture on that Light 'Em Up website. There are actual pre-made strips already ready to just, you know, flip that little tab over and tape it to a candy cane. So we put a bunch of those that say, you know, thanks for what you do. We, you know, we, we love you or we're thankful for you. And we put them in a bag in our car. And as we're going around town, if we're going into a store or going through Starbucks, I'll roll down that back window and say, hey, pass them one of these candy canes. We put a, a scripture reference on there. So it's just, I don't know who it's more for, if it's for me, um, as I'm going around to get my eyes off of myself and my to-do list, or if it's for my kids, but it's blessed us, um, and it's put a name to the reason why we're even doing it when we pass them out, that it's because of Jesus that we're even reaching out and loving you. So that's my thing. And the Hands and Feet Ministry did the candy cane, and those, they, they get, um, in that email, there is a little graphic that has the candy cane story. You could totally print those out and write a message if... Um, so there's totally lots of things. It's a great idea. Love that. Okay, I'm Mandy Cisco. I have four kids, 14, 13 next week, 10, and 8. Um, and so not little anymore, but the things that I was going to share are things we've been doing since they were tiny and very similar to Lindsay's. Um, I noticed that December really brought out the me monster in all of my children, and, um, and it was kind of making me sad and a drag, you know? Um, And so we started trying to do things that would focus more on generosity instead of ourselves. And so a couple of the things that we've done are, um, the picture on the left is just what we set out every December is just snacks or drinks for the delivery people. So we put a sign on there that just says, well, this year the sign says deliveries question mark, take a snack. We appreciate everything you do to get our packages here this year. Um, we're really good friends with our mailman, Derek. And so this year we asked him like what his favorite snacks were and we made sure to fill it up with the things that he enjoys because he comes every day. Um, and my kids are like, "Ah!" you know, if he like doesn't take something one day, they're like, he didn't take anything. (laughs) I'm like, he may not grab a snack every day. Um, so it's kind of cute, but they really look forward to that and they love it when, um, people take it kind of funny because as the month wears on, like the closer you get to December 25th, I don't even think they're coming on the porch. They're just tossing packages. So less and less snacks get taken as you get deeper into December. Um, But they really love doing that. And they love picking out the snacks and putting them out there and refilling them and kind of being in charge of that. Um, And that's really easy to do with young kids. Um, And then the other thing that we do in our family is called, um, we call it Secret Serving Santa. And I printed these cards off of Pinterest. They just say somebody loves you or your secret buddy was here or something like that. And I print a couple of, car- or a couple of sheets of those every year and cut them up and put them in a tin in our front living room. And on the first day of December, we put all our names in a Santa hat or bowl or whatever's convenient. And then we draw names. And then whoever's name you draw, that's who you serve the entire month of December. And it's a secret. So you have to do it secretly. And um, what's been really fun is this was a little more difficult when our kids were little bitty, but it was fun to help them and to encourage them. 
um, along the way. And then now that they're older, it's real fun to watch them get super creative with what they choose to do. Um, but they're secretly serving, and sometimes they want to throw each other off of the trail. And so they'll have to serve multiple people so that they get caught serving someone else. Um, and so it works out really well. Lots of beds are made, lots of laundry put away by other people. I get a hot cup of coffee every once in a blue moon. Um, you know, just fun things happening around our house. And then they leave the little card there so you know, like, your secret buddy was here. Um, and so that's been really, really fun. I've had, I'm trying to think of just some simple ones to kind of help your kids get started. But we've done, uh, the bed made's a big one, toys put away. One time Griffin cleaned the garage up for his dad. He, like, swept the garage out. And then he took a whole handful of cards and just threw them. <laughs> all over the garage floor. And I was like, that's too funny. I got to leave that there, you know? Um, I did a lot. I cleaned up, but then I made this huge mess right here. Um, And so, and uh, this week, somebody poured a glass of milk for somebody else and left a note there like, you know, I got your milk ready this morning. Lunch boxes have been packed, those kinds of things. And so that's really been fun and a good way to get your eyes off yourself. When, um, the way that we reveal this is we all go to five and below together. Everybody has a $5 bill. Everybody picks out something for the person they've been serving. We go home, wrap them up, bags and tissue paper, you know, so they can wrap them themselves or whatever. And then on Christmas Eve, that is the one gift that we get to open. And we get to share funny stories about, you know, you almost caught me here. or You thought it was him, but it wasn't. And um, they really dig that. And it's real fun. Um, And then the last piece of generosity is also on Christmas Eve. We usually eat one meal out. And so um, my kids um, have, throughout the year, they have some um, give money that they save up. And so we usually put all the give money together and come up. It's been different from year to year depending on our finances, but we try to come up with something that would be a substantial tip and be able to tip somebody that's having to work on Christmas Eve because we're grateful that, um, that they came to work so that we could eat a meal outside of our house. Um, and so they really look forward to doing that. And, um, you know, some years it's been like fast food because it was that kind of a Christmas Eve. And um, those kind of servers are real excited to get something like that. Um, and other years, a sit-down restaurant with a huge tip. Um, and again, with a note that just gives, says, you know, we want to bless you tremendously because we've been tremendously blessed. And um, just share Christ with them. And usually, if it's before the Christmas Eve service, put a little invite in there to the Christmas Eve service, which is helpful. So that's me. All right. So Elizabeth Tamlin has the hide-and-seek I'm Elizabeth Tamlin. I have three grown children. Two are married, and, uh, and I have one grandbaby. And um, so we have done this tradition since they were very little, what we just kind of started calling. I didn't make it up, but I'm, I don't know where I heard it, but hide-and-seek baby Jesus. So on Christmas morning, and we still do it, like if our kids are with us for Christmas. So um, just to kind of get the focus off of the presents, and that's the thing that they, you know, is waking them up and getting them out of bed that day. And so, so we still do it where we just go into a room where the gifts are not, and we do, we take a, a baby Jesus from a nativity, which now is the one that we've used as, you can tell the dog got a hold of it a few times. <laughs> but it's kind of special, but we'll hide, so, so we'll close our eyes, and when they were little, you had to like put them in another room. But now we just close our eyes and, and go hide baby Jesus. So if I'm it, you all hide, close your eyes, and so like if I hide it on, you know, Chrissy's shoulder, then I'm going to do that quietly and then walk over to Mandy and be real loud, make a wrestling noise. So, you know, try to throw people off, like she said, throw them off the trail. So just if we, and then if, if whoever finds the baby Jesus that round, they get to hide him next time. And so it's just kind of a focus of like, hey, this is whose birthday it is. This is what we're celebrating. And yes, we are going to go in and, you know, have food and have gifts and all that kind of stuff. But just let's, let's take a moment and take a breath, remember who we're celebrating. So it's very fun. Probably the most clever one that ever happened. And then it, it has to be, you can't have to move anything to see, to find him. So you can't like put him under a pillow or something like that. You have to be able to see it. And so probably, um, and then if we can't find him, then we do like, you know, you're getting warmer, warmer, hot, you're burning hot, you know. But one, probably the most clever one was one of my kids put it on the dog's collar. And so the dog kept moving around. So one minute you're warm and the next minute you're cold and you haven't moved. So... But they've gotten very clever as they've um, gotten older and taller, and it's still kind of a fun tradition. So that's what we do. All right. Next is Holly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Holly. I'm Holly Barnett, and I have a married daughter who's 24 and a son who is 22. 
And so my uh, tip is perfect for those of you that are now completely overwhelmed by all of these ideas because you still have time to do this. Um, so on, on Christmas Eve, and we started this when they were really little, my husband would read the story from Luke to the kids, the real Bible story, not like a picture book or not anything else, and just sat and read the story to them. And I know that sounds super simple, but when they're really little, it's hard for them to sit still and really listen to it. But now, and we did it last Christmas, they were, you know, 21 and 23, and it's just become a tradition. And then this year, we'll get to add my son-in-law to the mix, too. And so it's just something really sweet that we look forward to. And I tried to look back for pictures, but, you know, we started when they were really little, and now they're fully grown. So maybe this year we might let one of them read it. I don't know. But for those of you that can't handle anything else, you can do this. Yeah, it's Christy. Happy birthday, Jesus. <laughs> we'll just let Casey sing. There you go. Um, this one, I'm sure several of you have heard before, but I got the idea many, many years ago from Judy Wimberly. Um, the way she describes it was a little bit too much for me, so I simplified it quite a bit in With a three-level colored cake. I mean, I'm just going to say, uh, well, that's still amazing. <laughs> let's be real here. It's all, you know, box mix. We're not, we're, <laughs> this isn't homemade here. Um, and so, but all that to say, the cake is Jesus' birthday cake. Um, my kids know we talk about, you know, who's this cake really for? You know, it's Jesus. We sing happy birthday to Jesus, so we make it. But it tells the story of why Jesus came. So I know that some of your kids have come home with the little bracelet that has like the black bead for sin and da, 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 and that's exactly what this cake is. Um, and so it's just that chocolate levels for the sin, the blood of Jesus for, it's supposed to be red, not pink, but you know, go with it. Um, um, and then the green is growth, the white to take away this, that Jesus took away our sins. And then the star just to um, talk about um, just that he's the king and then tying back into the, to the Christmas story. Um, but one really important thing we do is they help make all of the cake. And we know that, you know, sneezes probably go into this cake and all that stuff. But um, we then, I'm very specific on what day I choose. And typically it's when we're going to go see family the next day. And so they have to wait in anticipation to cut into the cake until we're with family. And then once we cut it in cut into it. It is their job then to explain all of the levels. Um, so my kids are six, um, four and one, obviously the one-year-old is not explaining anything. She just eats it. But, um, and it's kind of funny to hear the interpretation of the four-year-olds where, I mean, he wouldn't eat the chocolate because he says he doesn't eat sin. You know, it's fine. Um, that was new this year. I was like, I mean, that's a good motto. He's not wrong. I mean, but And then, of course, the older sister going, it's not real sin. I'm like, okay. Anyway. Um, but it's just so fun. Like, I mean, our family are believers, but even if they weren't, like, just to hear from their sweet little mouths, just to be able to talk it through. And then um, when we're going through it and we're making it, I've got scripture to go with it when we talk about. And it's, it's, it's simple. Like, the Romans Road's like, all of sin to fall short of the glory of God. Man, look at what sin can look like. It's dark and it's nasty. And and so we just go through it like that, and there's so many resources out there. You could Google, you know, the, the beaded bracelet and find all the verses you need to. So I'm not trying to create something new for y'all. It's stuff that's already been done that you guys just get to implement and then help teach your kids to take ownership and then go out and share the gospel as well and let them own that piece. So love that. All right, so now we are going to break into table time, and we would love for you guys to just kind of have two questions to talk through, and one is, what is your favorite Christmas tradition? Do you have something that you do with your family that you would love to share with the, with the ladies at your table? So just share maybe a Christmas tradition that you love, and the second thing would be maybe talking about the new tradition that you've heard us maybe share that you would like to implement um, this is a great opportunity to kind of crowdsource and just share ideas. So we want y'all to have that opportunity. So um, enjoy. Okay, ladies. I hope you got some good table time. Which tables shared the best traditions? Oh, man. Nobody had good ideas at your table? Oh, right here. Right here. Okay. Hopefully you've enjoyed hearing from the leadership team and now from the people that you're sitting at tables with and just hearing about different traditions that people do in their house. It's one of my favorite things to hear is just what do you do in your home? How does it work for you? 
Um, so I hope that's been really exciting and fun. We're going to switch gears a little bit just to protect our hearts because we don't want, like we said in the beginning, we don't want this to be a burden. We don't want people leaving like, ugh, all this stuff I need to do. We want this to be a blessing. And so we know that the women that are our mentor moms have gone before us on this road of holidays before and um, have traveled it and know, um, know exactly what we're about to walk into this season. And so we asked them just, hey, lessons learned. Like, what would you say are some things that you have learned in holidays gone by that you would share with us so that we don't make the same mistakes or that we learn from the things that you did well? And um, Millie wrote a really creative and super sweet. No, I love it. I love it. And I hope that you guys are blessed by it too. So Millie's going to share this poem that she wrote, um, which is amazing. I guess it's not, well, a poem. Would you call it a poem? Well, it's a poem, but it's funny. I was babysitting the other night and I forgot my phone and I had my computer with me and I'd started this because, you know, they talked about a list and I was just thinking, oh my gosh, Holly and, and uh, Elizabeth had done a great job on a list. And I said, oh yeah, just submit that. Well then, you know, they were like, oh, we, we really want the mental roms to get up and say something. So I started this poem and the little boy that I was babysitting, there's a little sister too, but he came out. He's like, Miss Millie, I can't go to sleep. And I said, okay, well come sit by me. So I was doing this poem and, and I, he would like, look, and I'd read the poem that I had so far and he'd go, Miss Millie, read that again. Read that again. So I'd take my arm from around him and I'd type another line and then he'd go, read that again. So it was fun. Just so I came up with this for the hour that he sat with me, we came up with this. And I love it. So I'm going to let Millie share that with you. And then I'm going to invite Elizabeth and Holly to come up here and share 10 lessons learned. So I think that was just repetitious, but I kind of thought this was a list with a twist. Twas the night before the nest and all through the hail house. Not a creature was stirring, but my handsome spouse. I was nestled all snug in our bed when thoughts of this list danced in my head. Our stockings were hung by the chimney with care. Our elf on the shelf had a blank stare. For now in my 50s and my kids all too old, the whole Santa thing has gotten real cold. On the heels of Thanksgiving and we all feel so blessed. And now one week later, we're all feeling stressed. So to all you young moms, I want you to know what I know is important before you go. The biggest gift, the perfect wrap, don't get, get sucked into what's really a trap. The lights, decorations, and the man in the suit, in just 30 days, we'll all give him the boot. Um, right now, your kids want that special toy, which we all know won't provide lasting joy. It only provides a momentary thrill, a spot in their hearts only Jesus can fill. So wisely consider your efforts this season. Do they all point to Christ, the real reason? What matters most is deep in the heart. And now with your efforts, we must do our part. Start new traditions, but don't hold them tight. Because come next year, they may not feel right. Your kids make traditions rise to the top, the ones they insist on and refuse to stop. You moms need margins and lots of white space. Introducing them to Jesus is not a fast race. At times, we'll feel exhausted and physically spent, but think to our children the message we've sent. So keep it small, simple, and sweet, just like the Savior we want them to meet. It's those little seeds we intentionally scatter. Um, We intentionally scatter, getting busy with the things that truly matter. Right when you plant, don't expect to taste fruit. It takes some time for those seeds to take root. This requires patience and lots of prayer, time and intentionality to show them we care. We introduce them to Jesus by what we do. To glorify him, it starts with you. Train up a child in the way they should go. That's training them on who they should know. That's the gift that trumps all other and reminds you why you were called to mother. This is a blessing and God picked you. So prayerfully consider all that you do. Um, God's counting on you to tell his story. 
So get going, mamas, and give him the glory. Isn't that great? Thank you, Millie. Thank you so much. That girl, she's talented, isn't she? Thank you for sharing that with us. I can't even believe, I mean, that would have taken me weeks, months, years. Um, So thank you. All right, Holly and Elizabeth, come on up here. And will you throw up a couple of those Christmas memes that are on the screen back there? Let's share with everybody so they can all get a good laugh. Uh, I hope you guys like those. I honestly was really distracted at work one day (laughs) and had a good time finding all of those for y'all. Okay, ladies, today when you leave, we're going to put on some Christmas music again because I'm obsessed. And um, as you walk out the door, we're going to hand you one of these cute little cards right here. And it is Lessons Learned from Holidays Gone. Um, And the Mentor Moms put this together for you guys. And there's 10 things on this list. We've got them up on the screen for you, but I just wanted you to not be feverishly writing all 10 things because it's going to be on this card for you when you walk out the door. Um, so we're just going to take this time. I wanted Holly and Elizabeth to kind of unpack some of the things that are on this list and just for you to hear personally from them. And then um, you'll get one of these as you walk out the door. What would you guys like to share from this top 10 list? Stories or um, something that, that you want to highlight on the list? Um, I, I think I would just want to say, just to, um, there's, we've gotten so many great ideas today, but not to walk away overwhelmed, because I think, and, or when you, you know, go on Pinterest, or you are at the store, you hear all these, all these awesome ideas, like, you don't, you're going to have many years with your kiddos, and you don't have to do every single thing every single year, and um, in fact, just pick one thing, maybe, and not, because my main takeaway, or my big point that I would want you to, to go away with is just, do you need to lead yourself first, like, if you want to point your kids to Christ, you got to be with him first. And um, so you could do a Jesse tree, and you could do a, you know, a nativity, a little nativity they can play with, and you can have all the awesome books and do all these awesome things, and they are great, but if you're not in the Word yourself and really letting Jesus transform your heart, then we can't really expect it to, to overflow into our kids. It made me think about, you know, the thing when you're flying on an airplane and they say, put on your mask before your child's mask, um, because... and be, you know what I'm talking about when, because you can't really instill these wonderful traits of how great Jesus is and how much you love him and he is your savior until you're doing that yourself. And so you can do all these little things and, and check off your list and do so clever things and post them, but, but really, um, transforming yourself is the best thing you can do. And so and who loves to have your quiet time by the lights on your Christmas tree? Yeah. I mean, I just think that's so special. The other morning, Lance got up to run, and I was like, oh, I only have 23 more days left to have my quiet time by the lights on the tree, you know? And it was yeah. encouraging to get up. Yeah. So just, I think that is probably the best thing you can do for your whole family is, you know, more than all the cutesy, wonderful things, but just to, to walk, walk yourself, um, lead yourself well. Speed of the leader, speed of the team. Um, just that your attitude really does matter. Your attitude really does matter. And to do the things that you love. Like, I mean, I think sometimes we focus on the simple and the this and, you know, and, but if you love to bake, then bake. If you love to decorate, decorate. Like, it's, a, it's an okay time to, to do extra joyful things if you have the margin and if it's something that, you know, brings you energy and brings you joy. And, and so, you know, I think sometimes we get on a guilt trip, like, oh, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed because my house is so decorated, or I'm, you know, like, if you love to do that, then do it, and do it joyfully, and sing praises to the Savior when you're doing it, so um, just don't let the world tell you what it should look like. Um, also, don't overschedule, have margin, those kind of things, like, the, the joy will be zapped out if you are overscheduled and try to do everything, so that, um, that would be my kind of takeaways. Just, your, you know, work on your heart and, and having that attitude for the whole family and the whole the household and not, um, not a bunch of checklists that feel, feels frantic. Yeah. Even if they're good things, it's just, it can be too much. And the margin is hard, right? Especially as your kids start having their own events and their own things. You know, you're not even the one that's putting them on the calendar, but they're being put on there for you. Um, and I think that can get really overwhelming sometimes. And so Lance and I even had a conversation this week, um, the Shane and Shane concert is a great addition to our December. We haven't missed one in four years, but we looked at our 
the things going on in our kids' lives, and we were like, it's a good thing, but it's not a good thing to be gone every single night this week, and so we're going to protect that night and do something different. And that's one of the things on our card is just to, to communicate with your spouse, but, you know, just make an agreement that you're not going to commit to things without talking to each other right. and, and have those conversations. I think that's a great, great yeah. thing to re- be reminded of. That's great. Holly, what would you share? Well, one thing that's not on your list that Millie and I were talking about is um, saving things your kids make or draw when they're in the stage of life they're in. And I know y'all are overwhelmed and they bring home so much stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to get this stuff out of my house or I don't need to keep this or whatever. But trust me, there will come a day when they will no longer do this. And so I have a couple of examples. So this is a little drawing. My son Daniel, who's now 22, did. And it's a little manger scene. And like, these are my treasured things I get out every year. You hold that up. Um, And then this is a little nativity book that Emily made when she was four. I'm sure she had help, but she's pretty talented. (laughs) Um, Like the little cotton on the sheep and the little, it's called the first Christmas. And there's little wise men and the little star and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, it just reminds me of how sweet and young and just, I treasure these and I'm not, she's never going to make one of these again. Maybe you want to have a grandbaby, but I just encourage you and you don't, you don't have to save everything, but just save a few. Um, so think about that when that stuff starts trickling home this year. And then on a practical standpoint, and the last point on the list is keep notes about what you did this year. And so I have a couple of things. And if you've been around, you know, I love to do this kind of thing. So this is my Christmas book and what I keep in here. And I started it in 2006. So I'll list everybody that I need Christmas gifts for, you know, my husband, my kids, my in-laws. And then I might add, like, I want to get something for the mailman, or I want to get something for you know, the yard guy or whatever, different people. And then for my husband's office, I have to buy all the gifts for that. So the names of the people that work in the office. And then I write down what we did. Like we gave $25 Amazon cards or whatever, because you think you will remember, but you don't. Like how many of you walk in a room? You're like, why did I walk in this room? Like, I don't know why I'm here for. So if you think now that you'll remember next Christmas, you won't. And the other thing I do at the end of the season is like, all the lights are out on the Christmas tree or the wreath, you know, got blown away in the storm or I ordered too many Christmas cards last year or we loved going to the concert or we, you know, that was a waste of time or the best place to buy wrapping paper is Lowe's or just whatever it is because you, again, you think you'll remember, but you won't. So I have this book and you can put it on your phone or do whatever, but I always know where this is. It doesn't inadvertently get deleted or stolen or anything like that. So for me, old-fashioned paper works great. And y'all need to know, um, I was putting the lights on my Christmas tree this year, and because I've heard Holly share on that before, and I uh, didn't have enough lights. Uh, I don't know if Erin Orton's still here, but she lives near me, and she brought me extra lights because she happened to see that I didn't quite. I was like three-fourths of the way up, but the only thought in my head was, if I kept a journal like Holly Barnett, I would know that I needed more lights before I started this process. So... I think I had two strands go out last year, and I should have made note of it. Yeah, and it, it's like I made a note for myself that we needed two more boxes of lights, and I went and got them at Lowe's, like the beginning of November, when you still had a selection, not after you put your tree up and you go this afternoon, and they, oh, they only have orange lights left. So it is, it's a great thing if you can get yourself in the habit of doing it. And the other thing I have, and this is it's just a notebook, I keep it in. I have this for Christmas and Thanksgiving, and I keep... We usually do the same recipes over and over year after year. So I print them out. They're in here. I don't have to figure out where they are. I don't have to email my mom or call a friend or whatever. I have all the recipes in here. I also have my grocery list of like Thanksgiving, all the things you have to buy. And I can just have it on my, in a document now, and then I can just print it out and modify it. And then at the end of Thanksgiving, or Christmas, you can be like, oh, this was too much dressing, or we needed more cranberry sauce, or we didn't get enough of whatever, or we only used one pan of Sister Schubert rolls, or next year buy three more rolls, or whatever. But you have it all in here so that you're not scrambling, and it's just, you just don't, at this time of year, you just don't need to have to reinvent the wheel. So you already, you have your wheel in here, you can just tweak it and modify it. I have another list. We had a whole bunch of extended family one year, and I had planned out all the different meals. And so, like, now I have it done. So if that happens again, I can just pull my list out. I don't have to to use my mental energy thinking about that. So 
again, like y'all are busy, but write it down when you're thinking about it. Stick it somewhere you can actually find and remember where you put it. And, um, and then you'll have it. This is genius. And I love that I'm hearing little whispers because you know that the things that she's saying, you're like, yes, yes. Like, I need to do that. I need to get on that. So, oh, okay, one last thing. Yeah, okay, share the away. other thing, this is my Ziploc bag with my receipts from this year. So, people have to return stuff or something's broken or you bought somebody a gift card and then they like, you know, that gift card you gave me to Starbucks, there's nothing on it. And you're like, I have proof that I paid for that. Um, and then I have a folder on my computer for things you get, you know, like you bought on Amazon or ordered or whatever. You just drag them all in there and just keep them until the, the return window has passed and then you can delete them all. But if you have them all in one place, and you're not trying to scramble for them. That is helpful too. I actually keep them from year to year because then I can find out where did I buy that random belt that my sons liked or whatever. So I keep it all in a Christmas, all the, on a Christmas folder. I do keep all my lists on my phone, which I like because then I have it with me when I have to remember like, oh, how many loaves of French bread did we serve at my husband's office party last year? And it's just right there. I can pull it right up like, oh, we, we had, we, I said four was enough, but he thought six was enough. So we had six and we had two left over yesterday. Oh, and I was right. <laughs> Such a good example. I mean, it really does. If you actually go by what you wrote down, it probably works. Yeah, such a good example. I love that. Um, I love that our mentor moms have taken time to think through what they've learned and wanted to share them with us. We're going to give you all a little bit more table time because I want you to be able to discuss, one, was there anything that they shared that resonated with you or that you want to discuss a little further with the women at your table? But then also, are there any things on this list? We'll put the list back up for you, the top 10 list. Um, are there any things on this list that you think, oh, I might really struggle with that? And so I'd love to, if you'd love to talk with other women about, this is probably going to be a struggle for me. How would y'all handle this? Or what do you do to, um, to make sure this doesn't happen during the holidays? Then y'all can have time to discuss that. So we're going to give you a little bit more time at your tables before we have to um, head off and grab those babies. So enjoy some table talk.